Hi, brothers and sisters in Christ. How are you today? I hope that you and your family are well, and I'm so looking forward to the weekend to spend more time with God, and I know that you are too. Recently, it has come to my attention that actually many of you out there you want to hear from God, but you are wondering how to go about it, and you have been asking questions. So in this podcast, I want to try to give you some helpful tips that they have helped me, and I hope that they'll be beneficial to you as well, as you go on your personal journey with God to discover how to hear from Him for yourself. So I just want to do a short podcast of about ten minutes or so to tell you some tips and guidelines that benefited me. And I'm sure that God has multiple way of talking to you. I'm just sharing with you what works well for me. And God has been teaching me many prophecies and word of knowledge about the end days, so I'm going to share them in my future podcast. But before I can do so, I just want to quickly tell you about how to hear from God, so that we can get these instructions out of the way first. I want to point your attention to an incident recorded in the Bible in Genesis 32, around verse 25, a few verses before and after that. Jacob was a carnal man, like many of us. We are carnally minded. We are secularly minded. Our mind is on that of the things of the world around us. We are very much immersed in the world and not spiritually minded. We see how Jacob. Turn from a carnally-minded man into one who walks spiritually with God every day, and let me show you how it happened. Up to that point in his life, Jacob has done okay in the world. He depended on his wits and his intelligence and his EQ and his IQ to get by in the world. He has some success and he has some failures. But at this point in Genesis thirty-two verse twenty-five, Jacob has come to the end of his wits. He could not thrive any more. He could not get promoted any higher, or expand his territory any larger, depending on himself, depending on his own capabilities. And even then, his enemies were catching up with him, those that he has sinned against in the past. And in that night. He was very fearful. He was very worried because he had tried all ways and means, but he could not get out of the trouble that he was currently in. Now you know that Jacob was ordained by God since he was young. God has chosen him to be a Christian, only that he has depended on himself and not walked closely with God all these years. In that night, when Joseph was facing desperation, when he could not do anything more, an angel of the Lord encountered him in the middle of the night. In his desperateness, Jacob caught hold of the angel of God and wrestled with him. Jacob wrestled with the angel of God. How bold is that? How desperate Jacob must be in order to wrestle with an angel? Would you be so impolite as to grab hold of an angel and refuse to let him go until he blessed you? 
Do you know why Jacob do that? It's because Jacob was at the end of all his human solutions. He has been brought to that point where he realized that with all his talents, with all his communication skills, with all his intelligence, with all his EQ and his IQ, he could no longer get by. He could not live that way any further. His enemies are closing in on him and he has no way out. And therefore, he was so desperate that he catch hold of God, the only thing that he knew that he had a chance of saving him and he refused to let go of God until God blessed him. And so in the Bible, it says that he wrestled with God. You know what wrestling is? Wrestling is a body contact spot. You need to put in strength and you need to have contact close contact when you're wrestling with your opponent. That's what Jacob did with God. I don't know what he was wrestling with God about. Maybe he was telling God, God, why didn't you bless me? I need this and I need that. Why didn't you give me an answer? And God refused to give him the things that he wants. And he refused to let God go. So he kept challenging God and he kept telling God, but if you say you're God, then you need to do this. If the Bible says that you're true, then you have to do this. I believe that Jacob was not entirely correct. And I believe that Jacob maybe was even rude and impolite at certain points of his wrestling. But no matter what, he just refused to let go. It was almost like he said to God, you can rebuke me, but no matter what, I need this. I need this deliverance. I need this so badly. I need this saving of my entire family. I refuse to die like this. I refuse to go down like this, killed by the devil like this, until you save me. What would you do with a man like that? If you were God and there's a human man who did this to you, clung on to you, said all kinds of nonsensical things that didn't make sense to you because you were God and your wisdom is higher than his, but he just stubbornly refused to let go of you, God, and insist that you, God, bless him with the power that you have. Let me tell you probably what God was thinking. God being God, he was probably thinking and laughing a bit in his mind, thinking that this crazy dude, like he kept clinging on to me after he went his own way and now he got into trouble and he kept not allowing me to go and asking me to save him and to bless him. Do you know what I know? I know that God was secretly flattered. Why do I say that? Imagine that you have a lovely, adorable little toddler and you love him or her a lot and she's naughty, she made some mistake and she made a mess and then she is getting into trouble and then she is clinging on to you, crying, throwing tantrums, but then she's begging you like, mommy, daddy, save me, like, help me, the teacher's going to scold me. And I think you will understand at once how God felt. God felt flattered, God felt needed, God felt this silly person, but he's adorable. But you know God being God, and Jacob is not a toddler. He's an adult man who has to take responsibility for what he does. 
So what God did next, God touched the hip socket and Jacob's hip was put out of joint. And God said, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, because you strived with God and men and you prevailed. So from here we can see certain points. God was pleased that Jacob prevailed and was determined not to let God go because Jacob knew in his heart of hearts that there is no other force on earth which could save him out of his current bad situation except God Almighty. And Jacob prevailed. Jacob got what he wanted from God. But henceforth, Jacob also walked with a limb. But he has been scarred. He may have battle scars from his trials and tribulations, going through them with God. That's why he walked with a limb like a broken man. But he is in the promises of God now rather than before. Do you understand the symbolism of what I am trying to tell you? I'm trying to tell you that to have a deep relationship with God, your hip socket needs to be broken. It sounds painful, but yes, your carnal man needs to be broken to bring you in that place of where you have nothing left except God. And that is when God will give you your promised land of Israel. God is an almighty God and we are humans. There is no way that humans can be self-puffed up and arrogant in our own capabilities in the presence of a God who created the universe. We will be humbled and broken and kneeling down and listening to Him. That is our place and our position. If you do not come to this position thinking that I'm so smart, I know better than God, I can suggest things to God, I am more compassionate than God, why should God tell you anything? Why should God teach you anything? Only when you are brought into that place of submission to Him, then you have set the right environment to start listening to Him. So very quickly, I'm just going to tell you the next couple of points that is helpful to me when I hear from God. The next point is, I spend a lot of time with God. And I do, in terms of physical time, if you count the number of hours or the frequency of my prayer and worship, I try to follow Daniel in the Bible, in Daniel 6.10, where he prayed three times a day. And the reason why I started this is not because I want to be like Daniel, but because I thought that, whoa, if a godly and strong Christian like Daniel needed to pray three times a day, how about us, normal Christians, much lesser Christians, then all the more I need that kind of time to spend with God so that I can not be so weak. And actually, if you love a person, spending time with them, you don't count it as hours or effort. Imagine that you spend time with a pet that you love, your dog or your puppy or your cat, or you spend time with your children. Do you count hours and say, oh, I spent so much time with them, I need to pull back a little. No. So if you love the person, it becomes very natural to you. It's just like eating or drinking or breathing in air. 
Some of you I know have the habit of talking to God throughout the day, and I think that's great. I do it as well. And the last thing I want to tell you is that many times when I spend time with God, I go with no agenda. I have no agenda. Maybe because I have already spent so many hours with Him, so in the earlier part of my day, all my prayer requests and my petition or asking Him for things, I would have exhausted and said all of them by afternoon. For the rest of the day, you're not going to keep repeating yourself like a broken recorder, right? You feel tired to yourself as well. So after I've gotten all my requests for myself, for other people, out of the way, in the afternoon to the end of the day, I will usually just spend time hanging out with God. And so I have nothing more to say, and I'm tired of talking, so I just enjoy the presence of God, and I give Him allowance to say whatever He wants to say to me. And it doesn't matter what he wants to say to me. I will tell him, Jesus, you can say anything to me. You can tell me anything you like. Maybe I don't even understand fully. If there's no one you can talk to, if no one would listen to you, I tell him that I can listen. I'm a human and I can listen to you. So many times I will just stay next to Jesus, follow him, go where he goes, is like he's a rabbi and I am his new apprentice and I just follow closely behind him. So I think that's a little bit like Mary in the story of Mary and Martha. I enjoy being Mary because I feel like there is no pressure on me. I don't have to even think about what I want to say. I think it's so fun and so enjoyable when Jesus just allows me to hang out with him and follow him for a while. So Jesus is free to talk to me about what he wants to talk about. Maybe that's why I get so many prophecies, even about places that I've never been to. And Jesus tells me so many um, information and wisdom from heaven that I've never heard if I didn't was hanging out with him. I know that I'm not the only one who hears God in this way. Over the years, I have seen many brothers and sisters who have a similar walk with God. And there's nothing magical about it. There's nothing superior about it. It's just a silly, ordinary person who loves God and spend time with Him. And you'll be amazed at the things that He will tell you if you do that for Him. Okay, we've come to the end of our podcast today. I hope that it has been beneficial to you. And I feel so excited. I know that many of you, you're going to apply these tips plus your own tips that God tell you directly. And you're going to start listening to Him. You're going to start hearing from Him. You're going to start communicating and conversing with Him up a higher level, up a deeper level. In the name of Jesus, I bless you.